I think as normal as it is for us to get used to having a job that maybe we don't love or, or doing things every day, all day in a work environment that we maybe wouldn't have chosen for ourselves, I think as normal as that is, it's equally and even more normal for us to daydream half the time and to think, man, there's got to be something better out there. There's something bigger for me. And, and to kind of hope that that's still going to happen. And it still really can. Welcome to the I Quit Podcast. It's all about how to get out of the real world and get into the real world, the world you want to live in. I'm your host, Brett Buxton. Thank you for joining me. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the I Quit Podcast. Uh, If you missed the last episode, it was our first episode, so I don't blame you, but if you did... Uh, I recommend going back and checking it out. It lays a little bit of the groundwork for, for the next few episodes and some of the stuff we're going to talk about, about quitting your job and getting into a much cooler lifestyle. So without further ado, let's go. Uh, in the first episode, I talked about how I decided to go from a construction company that I owned and ran to uh, neck pillows, travel pillows for your neck. Um, and Before I had my own contracting biz to give you a little bit of a background here um, I was working in real estate development as a part of a like an executive team investing in the Phoenix market and I was working with a family that had quite a bit of money um, and you know with money comes free time and uh, they were on a different time horizon than I was they were able to relax a little bit more than I was um, because you know these deals they take a long time to come together years sometimes before there's really any money and I was like, man, you know, that's cool. I was making decent money, but I wanted to do more. I had a lot of free time. So I'm like, maybe I can do a little side hustle or something. And, you know, a buddy of mine, we started talking about it one time. And, and uh, we, we talked about how one of my dad's good friends back home in South Dakota, where I grew up, uh, has this company, funny little company, well, not little, big company, uh, doing like $50 million a year at that time in 2015, I think, um, $50 million a year in sales on Amazon. And don't worry, this is not a podcast about I think you should sell on Amazon. Um, we're going to talk about it a little just because it's part of my story, but uh, that's not what I'm saying here. But th- they're doing $50 million a year on Amazon, and it's like a real business. It's not just selling spatulas and you know random stuff. They do uh, car parts and work with like major, I think, like DeWalt and you know tool retailers and stuff like that. So real deal business, but pretty cool. So we thought, hey, you know what, we could do that. So we set up and started our own uh, Amazon selling business. And if you're not you know, aware of it, Amazon, I think it's like 60% of people right now, or 60% of the things on their site is sold by normal people like you and me. They call them third-party sellers. And that just allows Amazon to basically have inventory for free. Because you and I pay for it, we put it on their site. If it sells, we make money. If it doesn't, we lose money. Amazon's no worse off and they charge you storage fees for it so it's not as easy and you know profitable and you know millionaire making as it sounds but you could make money doing it so we did set up a business and we started selling and I think in our first year uh, we did about like almost three hundred thousand dollars that year in revenue and you know I think the profit was somewhere in the fifty thousand dollar range or something but you know not enough to live on and certainly for two people but we put it right back in and and kept kind of going but, um, you know, early on, we kind of knew we had missed the boat a little bit. I, I think it's pretty hard to just 
throw up a Me Too product, which is all we did. It was basically the same stuff everybody else was selling. We just put our brand on it. Um, and, and those days are kind of over. I, I think they are over. So it was, it was difficult. It was not terribly profitable. We could see the writing on the wall. And uh, so we got out of it. But the one thing that we did learn from it, and, and one of the most useful things that I think I picked up from it was, at the time, there was this tool called uh, AMZ Scout. And I think there was Jungle Scout, maybe a couple others. But it's basically like an add-on for your browser, for your, for your internet browser. And what you could do with it is go to Amazon, you know, type in dressers or type in lotion or whatever you want to, I'm in my master bedroom now, so those are things that I can see. But <laughs> you type in whatever you want on Amazon, you click on the extension, the, the add-on, and it would tell you roughly within a range of, you know, how much each one of those is selling every month on Amazon. So really cool thing to help you kind of find high selling niches, um, you know, identify sort of what might be a good next product to launch based on what's selling, how many sellers there are, all that stuff, whatever. But the point of the story is that's how I came across neck pillows. And that should answer the question of how I went from construction to neck pillows. But basically, you know, when I looked up neck pillows and when I stumbled across it, I realized they were selling, you know, thousands, thousands and thousands of neck pillows a week on Amazon. Uh, and there's also hundreds of sellers, but most of it's Me Too stuff. It's You can go on Alibaba, type in neck pillow, you'll see the exact same neck pillows as you see on Amazon. So that tells you all these people are doing is going to Alibaba, ordering it, putting their label on it or whatever, and having it shipped to Amazon and trying to sell it. Um, and that's kind of what we did, but we, we knew that wasn't a, we knew that wasn't like a long-term viable business. So we decided to get out of that. But like I said, that was a really cool realization for me is, Hey, there's data out there on what's selling. There's data out there. I mean, all this stuff you see, I mean, if you look around your house, everything was bought or sold at one point. Um, so, you know, there's business opportunity everywhere. And that's how I came up across neck pillows. But, um, you know, what does that translate to? Basically, even mediocre products are, are profiting, and some of them, you know, a couple million bucks a year just on one item on Amazon. And and so, so you might be asking, like, okay, all oh, that's great, but what does that mean for me? And I just want you to know that there's not only, like, a, a dream for you, like, the dream you know you have inside of you, like, still alive somewhere, but there's data everywhere to support your dream or to support your idea or to su support you jumping out of the job that you're in into something that could be much more fulfilling, bigger, better for you. Um, you know, my old boss used to always say, new info helps us make new decisions. And, you know, if you have the info that there's proven opportunity out there, I mean, isn't that kind of enticing, like, and, and validating and encouraging? Like, data is king. So, you know, many of us can't see beyond our, our decent salary, our average benefits. Um, it's been too long. We've been doing it for too long. We've got bills, family, mortgage, etc. Uh, you know, we're just trying to take our 10 days off every year for vacation, you know, and it was probably supposed to be three weeks when they hired you, but that kind of got whacked. And, you know, and, and here you are working for the man and blah, blah, blah. And every day is the same. And right. That's just the way it's going to be. No. You know, why not you? And that's my question. And that was my question for myself. Why not me? Why can't I be the guy selling this stuff? Why can't I have the business that's really cool that, you know, you look at all these people 
and, and Instagram is a bad example because people only post their best memories. Don't forget that or their their best side. But but still, there's people on there living the lifestyle that you know any of us would like to trade up to. So why not us? There is a profitable business out there for every one of us. You know, if you're making a decent living, that means you have some marketable and valuable skills. Uh, so you know, what can you do with those skills? Um, I like to make things. I like to work with my hands. I always have. And when I came across the neck pillow idea, I was like, I can make that. I'd never actually made a neck pillow, but I know how to sew. I'm very handy. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. And so, you know, dozens of iterations and a few months later, I had a really good prototype and and it evolved from there. And so that's kind of a, a perfect example of, I actually listened to a podcast this morning and the guy said that, you know, you don't have to stay in your lane. He's like, it might even be more lucrative if you don't stay in your lane. So if you have, uh, you know, a, a certain set of skills, let's say you're like a CEO or, or a, I'm sorry, like a CPA or something. Um, let's say you have CPA skills. Well, try to take those skills to a market where they don't have CPA skills, but they could, you know, they could benefit from them. Or another one would be like for me, for general contracting, um, you know, I know how to build everything. I know how to order everything. I know how to do all that. So what is something within that realm that I could have done that could have possibly been a much bigger, more lucrative, scalable business? You know, uh, one thing that comes to mind for me is there's this really unknown or little known brand of this kind of uh, Scandinavian siding that we've been using in some projects and it's gorgeous and it's super cool and everybody that sees it loves it and it's super easy to work with and it's a really nice product but no one sells it it's nobody knows where to get it Uh, it's actually pretty hard to find and I'm like if I was going to stay in that industry I would probably try to find a way to become a distributor for something like that you know I have all the skills of building I don't like the process of being a home builder how can I morph the skills that I do have into something that could be a lot more lucrative? And, and that's just an idea. So, you know, that's something I'd really like you to think about. If you're, if you're considering taking the plunge or jumping or, you know, if you've dreamed of quitting your job and doing something a lot more fulfilling, you know, think about what skills you have. Think about what gets your motor going. Think about, you know, and a big important thing is think about what, what niche or what genre of business actually has some serious upside potential because the other side of this is I think a a lot of people when they do decide to jump they tend to think too small Um, and I knew a guy down here too actually moved down to work with us in the real estate business and you know it wasn't necessarily for him either so he decided he wanted to do something else you know he was kind of retired had a a big nest egg and you know a, a decent sized nest egg anyway and so he was looking into like franchises or, you know, getting his real estate license and trying to flip and, and stuff like that. And those are fine. Like those are proven, decent, probably businesses, very capital intensive, uh, very market dependent, you know, tough to scale, really tough to scale is the biggest thing. And I used to flip houses, super tough to scale that business, um, very up to the whims of the market. And it's fun. Yeah, it was fun, especially when I was in my 20s. But I knew early it wasn't something that I'd want to do for the long term. So when you're thinking of your next big thing, or if you're trying to dream about jumping, uh, A, don't be afraid to dream. Definitely think about it. It'll fester in your brain until the end of time if you don't. But B, you're going to get a lot more excited about this if you think big. 
Like, it doesn't have to start big. I mean, don't think, hey, I'm going to be the next Walmart, maybe. That's maybe too big, and you'll probably get discouraged before you get there. But if you think, hey, I could sell neck pillows, right? That's just one product. You know, I, you can get into it for several thousand dollars. I think at this point, you know, I might even be forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 into it over the course of a few years, but that includes all my first order of inventory. But you can get into it relatively cheap. You can test it fairly small, but there's a huge ability to expand that brand or that product into a whole product line. Like my goal is to expand it into an entire travel products lineup with my brand name, which is Take On, um, and my little Pelican logo, which I love. He's a cute little fella, but I can just see that on things. You know, I, I can just see it kind of like the polo horse or something like I can see it on a bunch of different pr travel products and if we keep our quality really high and you know we build a, a loyal following people are going to want to buy this stuff and I can just imagine it and envision it and it gets my my mouth watering and it gets me my, my heart going and I start thinking about how fun it's going to be to have this lifestyle and and also the second side of that is it's a travel brand so I've been pitching my wife on this I'm like travel brand what do you have to do if you have a travel brand? Well, you have to travel, right? Otherwise, you know, you're just a, a poser, right? So we're excited about the prospect of being able to travel and write off all the travel because we're a travel brand, you know, and IRS people listening are probably like, not that simple, but you get the point. Uh, so, you know, think about the lifestyle that you want. Don't be afraid to think big on it. I know we've all been kind of shoved into these shoe boxes for the last decade or 10 or 20, 30 years, 40 years if you're unlucky. It's never too late. And think about the further along you've gotten in your career, how much smarter you are, how much you know, wiser. I think when we're in our 20s, we all think we're going to either start a t-shirt brand or open a bar, right? Something like that. And, and that's fine. People do it. And I think people can make money doing that. But now we're older, wiser. None of us wants to be at a bar till 2 a.m. anymore. If I can make it till 10 p.m., that's pretty good. Um, but you start to see what actually is a business that you'd want to be in, actually is a business that makes sense, actually is a business that has a chance, right? And, and so go with that. I, I give you permission to dream about it, just like me, and it's a funny dream, neck pillows, right? I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get going. So, um, you know, this is the part where you need to get creative and do a little research. Just to give you kind of the three points that I had to go off of to, to really say, hey, this is a decent deal is, I knew there were pillows that were selling. I was able to see that data. I knew the state of the industry. I was able to order pillows from Amazon, test pillows out, um, order pillows, go to Walmart, Target, feel, touch pillows, you know, and see what's out there. I, I was able to witness what was out there firsthand and experience it and, and then also find the fact that um, there's opportunity there, there's room for improvement in the market there's room for someone to do better. And that's what I decided I wanted to be. So, you know, the most important thing I think here is do your research, but even more than that, just find something that you're excited and intrigued by and, and then something that you can see a path forward with. So that's kind of all I have for you right now. Um, I, just, I wanted to share with you how I made that odd leap from construction to neck pillows and, and hopefully give you some confidence to think, hey, you know, I don't have to just stay in my lane. I don't have to do more boring stuff. Um, I've got some savings. Ideally, you've got some savings and, you know, you can get by. I'm giving myself a year um, to get this thing 
reasonably off the ground. It needs to have some marked traction results by the end of a year. Otherwise, I will have to go back and do something else. But I'm, you know, it's clocks ticking, and and glad you guys are along for the ride. I'm going to document the entire process for you, and uh, we'll see what happens. But for now, um, yeah, check it out. Start thinking. Let the wheels spin, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye.